to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Welcome, everyone. Hi, my name is Marvin. Most of you know. First time here. Welcome. Great to see you. Um, yeah, so this week, both myself and Misha are going to be talking about individually what the cross means to us. Um, yep, by sheer coincidence, I've got um, visual aid. I got blessed with it by a good friend a couple of years back. So, yeah, we thank God. But, yeah, um, what the cross means to me. Now, when, when I think of the cross, I think of a very prominent symbol of what Christ has done for us, whether it be the fact that by sin, we were separated from God. We didn't have that access, but his love was there. And standing tall and proud out of that ground on that mountain with thieves either side of him, his love was radiating and it just stood out and said, this is for you. You are worth it. I'm going to go through this hardship, this suffering, this pain for you. And it just, just, just picturing what it would be like to just stand there and look up at this tall standing cross and just visualizing, wow, that's for me. That's made me, it's always makes me think that our God is just amazing, just so, such a loving Father. So literally just by that one shaft of the one wooden beam that's going into the ground standing tall, um, that's what that makes me think of. But then there's the beam going across now, we've all seen the memes before memes were a thing. The quotes that say, Christ loves you this much, with arms stretched out wide like he's about to give us a hug. And that's very true, but also kind of visually look at it as if it was a timeline. As if that's a very large blip or large um, augmented line on a timeline symbolizing something very significant. And yes, he does love us that much. But his love was there before the cross. And his love will continue after the cross. So we have Christ dying for us. But before he died for us, he lived for us. He gave us examples, gave us teachings, gave us insight of what it meant to be a child of God before he died on the cross. And then he gave us the legacy to continue that. And so that's kind of what I think of when I think of... um, what it means to be loved by God and what it means to be a child of God and I think of what does that mean to me in practical terms and I've seen echoes of that all around I've seen echoes of that in my life like very recently we've all heard um, the rapper Nipsey Hussle um, being murdered um, at a very young age I think it's like a year younger than me and being able to see whether it be through interviews or music see there's so much potential there that's been snatched away but yet there was such a profound legacy left behind there's so many people that are now paying attention to health and fitness and nutrition because of certain things he said in interviews and whatnot and what he was planning to do or there's certain people that there's a lot of people within music that are very intentionally loving and respectful in how they speak about other people and that's kind of a legacy that was left. So whatever life he left, 
it may have been stopped abruptly, but there's a legacy that lives on. And as a creative, that kind of um, hits home very hard as well because I feel like whatever I do, whatever I create, needs to be something that is bigger than me. It's bigger than trying to be a, a rap star or anything like that. It needs to be something that's going to impact the world and kind of makes me think about how I interact with even my child more and children in general because I work in a school, I have a daughter and when you get to see a child who doesn't know anything about what you're trying to teach them but they'll be able to relay and articulate what they've learned to you and you get to see that legacy being fulfilled and passed on as the next generation being blessed and encouraged think wow God used me to do that or when a child comes in and they're using words that you've never heard before or never seen written down like a child had to explain to me um, two weeks ago what discombobulated means I've never heard anyone use it I've never seen it written down actually I did someone used it about a month ago in conversation with me and in the context of conversation, I had a rough idea what they were talking about, but I, did, I kind of moved the conversation on very quickly. <laughs> but just seeing that awesomeness. And then when I look at a conversation with my daughter, and we'll finish up on, on a video call and with a prayer, and just seeing her face light up, just happy to just be praying and talking about God, I think, wow, it's, it's this it, Lord. It's this that passing on that continuation of yeah, daddy's lived his life and now this is the next stage of after that blip on that timeline that you are you are it and you've started already and I didn't have to die to actually see that you're doing it now and I feel like God looks at us with that same pride and joy whenever we're showing love, whenever we're showing his love, whenever we're sharing about God, that yeah, we have the ability to just love on each other. And that same pride and that same joy I felt in that moment, God feels that about us. So yeah, that is very much so what the cross means to me. All right, thank you. Okay, so I was thinking about that what the cross means to me and it kind of just took me back to like my walk with God because I think that in order for you to kind of um, personalise yourself with something you've got to look at the experiences that you've had with that particular thing. So for me, um, I've been saved or this journey for 18 years now um, and it's been a bittersweet walk in the sense of it's not all been roses and everything else and stuff and that like there's definitely been thorns in my experiences however what I can say what I've learned is that I've definitely have guarantees that all things work together for good as God says in his word um when I before I got saved my life was very hectic like um there was a lot of discord within my family there was a lot of abuse on very various different levels, toxic relationships, 
like class A drugs. It was a lot going on. And um, I remember my cousin coming to me um, just after a lot of this was going on. And it was kind of like in a calm place in my life and stuff and that. Calm and lit because I was out raving and budding weed and drinking and just do, generally doing my thing. And then my cousin come to me and was like, ah, oh, like God's calling you. I'm like, huh? Like, what's God want with me? Do you get what I mean? And stuff, I smoke weed and drink <laughs> and like to do extra exercise activities and stuff. Like, <laughs> why does God want me? And um, what I found that she did was planted a seed because it made me question, like, God's very, he's very crafty like that. He'll come and just drop something on you and just walk off and leave you and you're just scratching your head like, like me, Lord, like, what do you want with me? But what he then did was took me on a journey of making me, helping me to realise my worth and what he's placed with inside of me. So, um, and it's taken a very long time, but um, I remember going to a concert, I think it was a little time after, and um, they were just singing and playing music and stuff. And I started crying, like out of nowhere, it's just crying, like bare tears out of my eyes. It's just like, okay, this is different and that, because I'm quite a strong person and stuff. And now walking up to people's houses, who's fasting with my brother and sister and asking them like, well, what? So <laughs> it was like, why am I crying? There's no reason for me to be crying. But what I realized was God was wooing me. And he, he touched me basically to the point where he touched a part of me that no one else could and a part of me that I very much hid from everybody else. So that was that. I remember I come home. I didn't smoke for about an hour. I was so just very gassed at that. I was like, oh, I'm telling my friend about it and that. Uh, but um, again, it was like another touch for me. And then, and one thing that I find is his touch leaves you with a, a print that, adds to you and doesn't take away from you there's people that can touch come and touch you in your life and stuff and and take your mind take your confidence take your self-esteem but every time he's touched me he's left something with me or something for me to think about and stuff and that and something which has added more value to my life so that was that so this is months later and you know you hear the whole thing of like speaking things into existence and stuff so I was on a point where it was like, weed was getting boring to me, smoking weed. I was like, huh, this don't make no sense. And that, but what I found what he was doing was he was changing my heart. And that, because this is something that was a very big struggle for me. And it was something that I used as a numbing agent because of all the things that I'd gone through in my life and everything else and stuff. So he was kind of lifting things that was a comfort to me and things that I hid under. And, but he did it gently and stuff. So over, the 18 years he's just done touched layers upon layers in my life and today like I can realize see how even generations of things that have happened in my family and stuff that had impacted me that I'd unknowingly he's even now coming and touching those parts of my life so anyway now going back to another concept I was sitting down and the pastor's talking and stuff and he's like oh yeah come and give your life to Christ but the way that um you do it is by shaking his hand and saying like you're in agreement of offering your life to Christ sort of thing I was like okay like that sounds all right and stuff I just sat in my seat and then it got to a point where I felt like someone in the doctor's surgery coming out and calling my name 
and I'm sitting there in my seat like, oh, like I know, I know I need to be up there, but like, what am I going to do? Because this is a, a new encounter for me. I don't know what I'm opening up myself um, to. No one in my family is saved. Now everyone's doing their thing. And like I said, my life is lit. Like, so why, why do I need this now? Anyway, next minute I'm up at the front and giving my life to Christ. My initial walk with God and, and, and my initial introduction with God was beautiful, but then turned sour because of the church that I was going to. And unfortunately, what happened was, unfortunately, but fortunately, but unfortunately at the time, what happened was I was around people that didn't have an understanding of certain things like mental health, um, struggles in life. You wasn't allowed to take medicine. You just had to have faith. Everything was like, everything was just very much overly spiritualized. However, when I left the church, as much as I was very much damaged by the church, it left me with something again. So as much as it was a horrible and, a, and it seemed like a very negative experience at the time, God left me with something. He allowed me to be in a situation that didn't take for me, it gave me, even though it looked like it was taken from me. But what it was taking from me was the things that I didn't need anymore in my life. And again, it caused me to question things. Who am I? What am I here for? What is this about? Because when I did initially come out, I was like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with you. Like, why did you save me now? I was all right. And that, and then you let me go through this. But what I realized that it was people, it wasn't God. And that, and people's traditions and understandings and reasonings and stuff and that, that interfered with what God wanted to um, do with me. But he used it for my good. Again, all things work together for good. So, um, during the, the whole journey, um, I've made mistakes, I've had poor choices and everything else and stuff. But again, even through all those choices and decisions and paths that I took, he kept just restoring me and taking away, restoring me and taking away. And it was a thing where someone would look at me and think, this girl's not saved. Like, why is she making these choices and stuff? And that, like, this doesn't make any sense. And I remember listening to, not recently, um, there's a pastor called Pastor Mike Todd, and he was talking about what if it's messy? And I think sometimes we look at our lives or look at other people's lives and think, like, what on earth is going on? But normally there's always a route to the behaviour of why someone's acting out the way that they do. When you look at our young people today and stabbing up one another and just setting the up and stuff there is a motive behind it there is something behind it that we can't see that is going on in everything else within themselves because there's no way you love yourself you're going to hurt somebody else and stuff and hurting people do very much hurt people and I found that I've even as much as God's made me a very loving and very forgiving and caring person I know that when I was in my my pain I did hurt people unintentionally and I think it's just a case of for me, when I look at things, I just see a lack of God. When I look at my parents' relationship when they were young, two, one a teenager, one very early in his, in his 20s, because um, it was my dad was addicted to um, crack cocaine. And this wasn't someone that I saw out in streets and was hiding away from. This was someone that was living in my house. So there was a lot going on. Like, this was like New Jack City what, in your yard. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, what? People knocking at the house and passing messages. I must pass on messages to my dad or my dad's running around with a gun in his hand. Like, it was, it was real. However, it's taught me so much. And 
one thing that I found is as much as I was given a lot of responsibility before I got saved, I became very protective and I still have that nature. Um, God has come and he's allowed me to go through things that people could look at like, really, was that God? But it was because of what I've been left with and what I've learned out of the experiences that I've been through. And I'm thankful now being on the other side of my pain and my hurt and everything else and stuff to say like, it was good that I was afflicted. And that's what the Bible says and stuff. When you're in it, it doesn't seem like it. Do you get what I mean? Because you're just trudging along thinking like, why me? Why not you? Like God is just trying to show you, allow the light in you to shine. And sometimes he literally has to break you in order for that light to bust out of you and for you to see the power and the intent and, and all the greatness that he's installed in you. So that's what I found in my life. So for me, the cross represents healing, restoration. It represents empowerment. It represents grace. The times when I was messing up over the 18 years, it's represented love on some next levels and stuff to the point where I think when, it, when all said and done, loving yourself, when you love you, everybody else benefits from it. When you don't love you, nobody benefits from it including yourself and it was about just loving on me like I had to learn to love me what I was shown was love was not love it was toxic because my parents didn't know how to love themselves and one thing that I say even when I speak to my son now and have certain conversations where he's like mom like why did you make certain choices and stuff and that like you've got three of us you're single and I'm able to be in the place where I'm sober enough and whole enough to not be embarrassed and to sit down and talk to my son on a level and just say like son like I had a lot of needs I was very desperate and I was out here making some wild choices and stuff however I've learned and now I can give you something that my parents couldn't give me do you get what I mean and stuff I'm not even blaming my parents even that another thing is forgiveness like I've been able to forgive my parents for things that like even I sit down around the table and think I've got so much love for them this could have been very very different I could be hating on them and just setting other stuff but if I love myself I can't afford to have that energy running through me I can't afford to sit down there and let the past keep robbing me like it's done um many other adult um and many other people my family and stuff so I just sit down and I talk to him and stuff and I say to him, like, as much as I've shown you things that you may have not been able to do, now I'm in a place that I can show you what to do and that I'm still learning and that I might get, get it wrong at times and stuff, but I know that I'm in a healthier place now that I can offer you something that will be beneficial to you and I can definitely show you what not to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's, this, it's been a great time. I would not give him up for the world. Even my thing is, even if it turned out that God wasn't real, it's benefited my life living like this. Do you get what I mean? And stuff like that. Like, at the end of the day, no one can come and take away from me what I have. And I think when you have a personal relationship with God, like intimate, like, what's going on, Dad? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, what are we, like, getting up in the morning, what are we saying? What are we doing? How are we rolling? Busting joke with God and stuff like that. Your belly's early, you're trying to do the, you can't do the, Lord help me. Like, in everything. Just like, he's there. He's so like, I'm, I'm here with it. You know that you're going through stuff and he's like, you know, I'm here with it. Like, you're not going to call on me though. And it's been that, it's been such a beautiful encounter when I'm vexing me when I'm like I remember one time I was so annoyed with him because it was such a horrible time I was in because it was after the church experience and I was going through postnatal depression and they never understood any of it so they were telling me I've got demons in me and 
right, blah, blah, which you don't want to be here when you're looking after a newborn and everything else and stuff. And it got to the point where I nearly lost my mind over that. So I was in my hallway, and I remember it to this day, and I was looking at him. No, we're not looking at him, looking up and shouting. Like, why are you just looking at me and not doing nothing? Like, what's going on? Like, do you not love me? And I was crying because I really, I was just like, where are you? Like, I've chosen to give my life to you. Like, where are you? And he was there. I just couldn't feel him in that. So our relationship is as, as real as that. If I'm feeling a little way, certain times of the month, I'm like, God, you need to help me. Like, you need to help me because I'm trying to do things your way now, not my way. And I've seen family members get saved. I've seen relationships with father and daughters be restored and stuff, and father and just generally children, which has been something that my nan didn't have her dad, my mum didn't have her dad, and um, I didn't have my dad in my life. Through my choices, I've got three kids, three different dads, they've all got their dads in their life. And as much as, yes, it wasn't the decision that I wanted to make and stuff, and no, no one wants to have ch children for three different men, but I've got to take the positive out of that, that all of my children have their dads in their life. And that regardless of the situation, that's his grace again. Do you get what I mean? That's him coming in and showing you. I, I, I see what you're doing. Trying to do this family unit thing. You're not like sticking to the rules, but I'm going to help you in it. Figure this one out and stuff like that. Because I was just like, Lord, like, and so I mean, even yesterday I was like laughing. I was like, God, just to figure, there's certain relationships that I was trying to stay in and crying about and that. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking about? Do you get what I mean? But he has been amazing. He's been a wonderful father. I did, my dad was such in a ruined, broken place. There was so much he couldn't give to me, but God was there. There was so much my mum couldn't give to me, but God was there. And God has put me in a place and stuff to use me just as a vessel and stuff in that, to pray for my parents, to bring healing to my parents and stuff, where um, my parents are now the parents that I've always wanted and that. Do you get what I mean? So at the end of the day, there's nothing that he can't interject in. When you pray, try and know that he will come in and, and don't say nothing to him. Just let him do his thing because he knows it very well. When he does something, he does it good. And that when he comes in and people have messed about with you and you just want to go and bust their head and just that and the other stuff, like he will deal with them, trust me. And, 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 but in a way that you ain't getting the blame when you knock them out. Oh, why did you do that? No, he will make them sit down there and really think about what they've done. Do you know what I mean? Stuff. So, the cross has um, been many things to me. And I'm thankful because if it's, if it's impacting my life like this, and then I then pass this on to my children. Because my thing is, yeah, you hear about generational curses and stuff. I mean, I'm like, where's the blessings? Like, if the curses have done that, what are the blessings going to do? Do you get what I mean? And stuff and that. I can't sit down here and be like, oh, this has happened, that's happened and stuff. There's a point in time where there's a period where you can be in that place and stuff, but then you've got to rise up about that. I couldn't be a victim of my circumstance. I couldn't be calling, oh, my dad was on crack. And this, no, my dad ain't on crack no more. Do you know what I mean? And I could have been in that place where I'm sitting down moaning about this, that and the other and stuff. Do you get what I mean? I can't afford to do that. I could be like so ashamed of myself. I've got three kids for three different men. I can't afford I can't afford to do that. I love myself too much to stay in that place. And I think it's just an empowerment that God gives you where he's like, even in your shame, I'm not even gonna allow you to stay there. Do you get what I mean and stuff? So I thank God for what he's doing in my life, in our lives and stuff. I know that many of us will have a lot of stories to tell. And um, yeah, like 
Christ's sacrifice has, has done things that I don't even think we would even imagine or fathom. And that, and even when I look at sometimes when I'm praying about things now, I'm like, look, because my first prayer when I got saved was, let me be everything you've called and created me to be. I don't know where that come from because I didn't know like about praying like that. Do you know what I mean? Stuff, but obviously it was something that God put in me because He wanted to change things because He wanted there to be um, a break in the family cycles and stuff that was going on. And as much as my walk initially was hard it's because he was building up such a resilience in me and stuff and that that I needed because of the things that he needed to break in within my family because of the prayer like I'm now protective um whereas I would be going and troubling people now I'm troubling people like in a good way through prayer do you get what I mean I'm troubling demons and knocking out and when I pray they're like on just on it like just on it and, uh, and I'm smiling because I know that the, the things that it, it's changed and turned around and stuff and that and it everything that God has given us the enemy will try and use to pervert like if you've got a sense of humor and stuff and that and you might like tell the dirty jokes God's like it's the, the dirty jokes is yeah but we can turn that around, we can, and it would be just as good, you know, like people will still be laughing and, and this and the other stuff. So he just wants to turn around everything and upgrade you differently. That's all he wants to do is just upgrade our lives and that, and anything he takes, whether it's man, gal, whoever it is and stuff and that, like he will upgrade. He's like, where you go with that? Like I got something better for you. And, it, and it's just that he just wants more for us. So... That's it. Um, thank you. Praise yes, <laughs> <Please> God. <laughs>